Maybe I'm crazy, but 2020 could be the year of the Browns. It's that kind of year. It could be the year of the Browns. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks so much for joining us. We have the whole crazy gang here with us this week. Heller, Donnie, and T with Culture Reports. And Michael Vick joins us, Fox family. Lots to talk about with his Eagles and his Falcons. Talk a little Cowboys and uh, this new wave of NFL quarterbacks. What it means for the future of the NFL. So very excited to talk to him. Let's get started. All right, very excited to have uh, FS1 family and NFL legend Mike Vick on the podcast. Mike, thanks so much for taking some time for us. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. For so, sure. what, what's what what's going on with your Falcons? Oh, man, why well, I knew you was going to ask me that first, <laughs> yo? Come on. I mean, I mean well, we can start I mean, with the Eagles this, too. If that's that's better. We'll get to the Eagles, but let's start with the Falcons, man, because um. You know, I, I like woke up this morning like thinking about my former team, and then I did an interview this morning with a guy, and he was just throwing it out there like, if you was to go to the Hall of Fame, you know, would you know would you go as a Falcon or an Eagle? And then my mind just I started thinking about the game last night. You know what, Joy? It's just um, you know, guys got to step up and accept responsibility. They they are NFL players. Um, I, I feel like the defense has potential you got the coach with the with the pedigree and you know do we have the recipe i, I don't know um but listen you, it's, it's just you should be able to pull out some of these games um that they've lost and it's just no excuse um i think they got to play better we know they got the offense you know they got they got ridley and julio jones and, and matt is still balling they got Gurley. so i feel like the offense is is where it needs to be but the defense at some point got to step up and do what they supposed to doing. Like aside from injuries and everything else, like I don't want to hear about that. Like, yo, I mean, it's responsibilities in the league, yo, and you gotta you gotta fulfill them. I felt like you know, not that Dallas is looking much better, but that like what what is it with these leads that they're blowing? Like that that was that's the game they should have won to me. Like that right. the mistakes at the end of that game were just unacceptable to blow that lead. I don't know how that happens. Yeah, they start to feel like, I mean, I think you feel like at some point, like, I mean, you got to see blood and you got to go after it, like, in the NFL. Because, I mean, you four minutes, you team can come back on you. You be down 14 and the team can come back in, in, in four minutes. Like, we run four-minute offenses in situational football to either get off the field or get back on the field. And, I mean, they just haven't taken advantage of their, their, their opportunities. And when you think back to, like, the Super Bowl run and what happened in the Super Bowl and, that's what compounds this problem, right? Just um, the last two weeks blowing those leads. Like, it, you basically think about that, and then it's it's like, it's, it's, it's getting out of hand. It's getting way out of hand. It's getting way out of hand. Like, this, uh, you got the Carolina Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater coming into town. They got to get geared up for that one. Like, they, this this is the one they need to focus on, and Teddy, he's not going to make it easy. But, look, this the challenge that's being presented to the Falcons right now. Do you think that if they lose this next game, start bone five, that Dan Quinn gets fired? Man, I'm a big fan of Dan Quinn, and we I've never seen Arthur fire somebody mid-season. Um, but I know at some point Arthur's going to get fed up. I mean, 
Dan Quinn is the leader. You know, I mean, I, I love him to death. I like him. I like everything he stands for. And I know he'll run through a wall for that team. But at the end of the day, it is a team. And, and uh, you know, hopefully it don't come down to that. You know, but, you know, the league is, it don't waste for anyone. And, you know, if, if you're not, the hotter you're not. And that's just how it goes. I really am not a fan of firing coaches mid-season. Yeah, um, me too. Unless it's a really toxic situation. Right, right. Because I just feel like, for what? Are you getting ahead of the hiring process for next year? Yeah. Is your coordinator someone you want to explore as a possible head coach? Because I just feel like it's like, okay, you've just given up on the season in every capacity if yeah. you are firing your coach mid-season. And it's not a, it's not a legitimately bad situation where this person... Right is causing your whole organization harm. Yeah, more, more times than not, I didn't seen teams fire their head coach. I've been a part of a couple teams. Head coach got fired during the season. The coach that steps in don't even get the job the next season. Um, for instance, real quick in, what, 2003, uh, came back from injury. We fired Dan Reeves in Atlanta. And Wade Phillips takes over as as the head coach, interim head coach, we go three and one. We look good. We make some changes on the offense, the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, our quarterback coach became our offensive coordinator. He called some good plays. And I'm like, this is a good fit. And then we we hired Jim Moore the next season. So I'm not a big fan of that because I just feel like that guy's just taking the place of, you know, um, the coach at hand and then he's inheriting damaged goods. So you know, you got seven games left and he lose all seven or lose six of the seven and then he gone and he out. He not good enough. So I'm I'm with you on that. Like, I'm just not a fan of finding people during the season. I think you let them finish it out. You know, whether you go 2-14, 4-12, 5-11, it is what it is. But, you, you know, you know what you got to do after that. So they fired Bill O'Brien yesterday, yeah. which I I got to be honest, did not surprise me. If you look at Bill O'Brien's career, he has had a lot of success, just right. not, he's never gotten over that, that hump. Yeah. But where I yeah. think Bill O'Brien went wrong, and this is, I'm being a little judgy here, sure. but, you, you know, got, he's, You got the right. You got <laughs> the right. The G, thank you. He's the GM and the coach. And I think the great leaders not only know their limitations, but they respect the fact that they don't have to be in charge of everything. Right. Right. You right. hire people who are great at what they do to do what you can't do or what right. you think you can do, but you don't have the time to do. And then also strategically, then everything can't be blamed on you. Yeah. So I Girl, you better stop. You're gonna be a general manager one day. I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> but, you know, like but, that, like, but I'm going to get to your point, but go ahead. Right. So like being in charge, like he just bit off more than he could chew. And, yeah. you know, when you start 0-4, it's like, who, who can we point the finger at? It's right. all on you. Right. You right. asked for this and now you're not delivering. Now, is it really all his fault? Like they need some more action on defense, yeah. obviously, but he's let a lot of big pieces go being in that GM coach position. So I can't really be mad at them for saying, all right, well, this is what you created. I mean, enjoy a couple good points you made. First of all, I think letting DeAndre Hopkins go probably was the biggest reason that this decision was made this early. Because I think we all looking back like, what was that? Like, for what? You know, you really crippled D-Hop's career, I think, even though it's, you know, he's in a better spot. Not a better spot, but he's in a good spot. 
But Deshaun Watson, like you took a lot away from what he can do on the field. And then to your point about head coaches being general managers, when um, Coach Dan Reeves, who I love dearly to this day, still have a conversation with him and still we still talk. He was the general manager as well. But it's, it's, it's too much responsibility, I think, um, too much dictatorship. And then you taking on that role. So it's like the quarterback position. You're going to get the, the brunt of the blame when it all falls apart. And, and Bill O'Brien's place, it fell apart when he let go D-hop. Like, we, we'll never figure that one out. You know, and only he know why he made that move. But, I mean, it's irrelevant now. So, yeah, you got don't bite off more than you can chew. Like you say, let the people who are expertise in that category or that specific, um, you know, position, let them let them do that, man. You know, everybody going to get the credit at the end. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really a control thing. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know Bill O'Brien personally at all. I just think you know sometimes ego gets in the way or sometimes it's yeah. fear like you 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 fear that if you bring in somebody that they're not going to want to work with you or they don't like you know your approach but it's just it's hard to watch Deshaun Watson he's such an important yeah. player you, you know what I think sometimes too it, it, it just gets stale like in terms of the relationship and the offense, you see the same things. You try them in week one, and, and they work, and then you try them in week two and week three, and then they don't. And it's like now you're trying to find something else, and you only got six days to prepare, and, and it's not enough time. So you go try to find what other teams are doing to hurt this team, and they're they looking for that. So, I mean, just between me and you, and we put it out there, like that's what happens, like for real, real talk. So you got to be you got to be innovative. You got to come up with your own stuff. And that, and that's what Andy Reid do, and that's why you know, and that's what the Baltimore Ravens do. They like they dibble and dabbling with everything, but they got you know they they and they playing it to the strengths of their talent, most importantly. So your other team, the Eagles, we mentioned earlier, they did get a win. Although I think people are getting a little too excited about this win. Like you beat the 49ers yeah, without yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, they're not the same team they were last year. Where I, I still think they're good. Like. I can't put too much into a win over a team without their starting quarterback. I won't either. I won't either. And that's just one win. But look, they what they they number one in the division. They leading in the division. <laughs> they leading the division right now. So look, I mean that's that's a positive. You know, ride that wave, that little momentum. All right, so we play the Steelers, and and, and it's that's gonna be it's gonna be tough. We got one of the best defenses in the league, and Big Ben is back. But never know what can happen, Joy. You never know what can happen. I'll be fooling. What is the issue, though? What's the issue with the Eagles? Because I don't. I like Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz got my respect at the end of last year. It's not that I didn't respect him before. I just felt like he. You know, I'm not really a hundred percent sure if he's great. I know he's good, but is he great? But what he did at the end of last season really impressed me with all the injuries that they had. But now they have a whole bunch of more injuries and they're yeah. they're not looking as great. All right, let, let me go back for one second, Joy. I think it was, what, 2017, right, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And let's just – Carson Wentz was playing some really good football and he had the defense behind him. And, you know, we always say teams need defense. And he had, you know, some healthy players, Alshon Jeffries and, you know, whoever was – you know, Zach Ertz is in his – I mean, like prime prime. And Carson, I think it was 9-0, 10-1 and or something, and, and he was playing some really good football. So I know as a quarterback, all those things really help you 
in terms of like getting to the next week. You, you know, I mean, confidence and, and you know, just the, the goodwill that you can bring. So we know that Carson. We know the Carson from last year. Carson played great down the stretch. And I and I think, you know, Carson's just he's just pressing a lot right now. Now he has to he got he gotta put it, he gotta do it himself. You know what I'm saying? He gotta do it himself. He gotta put the team on his back. And he gotta find ways to win games now. And and it's really no excuses because the, the city of brotherly love not going. They don't care. They were talking about benching him. For who? Jalen Hurts? Yes. Not not as of yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, you know, go as far as to saying that because when you when you go that route, you can't go back. It's almost like, you know, with with Foles and, and Trubisky in Chicago. You make that decision, you can't go back on that. And, and, and I think Carson, he has to go out and earn that money. I just think that's a real panic move to switch from yeah, that's to even move. to even be talking about that. Like you said, yeah. they're they're first in the division. This, as horrible yeah. as that division is. Um, yeah. And speaking of that division, the Dallas Cowboys, um, man, I don't even know what to say about the Dallas Cowboys at this point. Because the thing is, every year, and I'm a little bit of a company man, so I'm like, you know, I want the Cowboys to do well. Cowboys do well. Company you know, one Fox, man. Fox does well. No, I don't hate that. But yeah. I just feel like Dak took a really big risk on himself, which I respect, but it, I don't know how well that's going to pay off yeah. looking in the way that this season has started. And I don't actually think it's all on Dak. Because their yeah. defense is terrible. Right. And, and Dak's certainly padding his stats right now. And he's look, he's auditioning. He's auditioning for somebody else. If the Cowboys don't want him next year, I guarantee you somebody else will. So so he's doing really good for himself. But at the same time, teams are gonna look at the things that didn't go well, like in critical moments, uh, you know, when you the ball game was tied, you know, on Sunday and then, you know, Dak had a fumble and other things happen. They're going to dive deep. They're going to watch all the film that they can watch. And, you know, Shannon made a good point yesterday. You know, it's a, a lot of yards coming in garbage time. But, you, look, you still got to – I'm a firm believer in that you still got to go out and make things happen. He still has his team in games. But at some point, I think the playing field is going to even out. And, and you know, let's we're going to watch the Dallas Cowboys the next quarter this season because I know that for a fact they play the Giants this week. And they can get back on track with the Giants. And then, you know, if they can start to build some wins and momentum, then at the end of the, the year, the case will be different for Dak, hopefully. I just think also, you know, going into the season, we had to give – well, we don't have to because we're not, we're very impatient, especially in sports. Right. But we should give teams that had a new quarterback or a new head coach a little more time to get rolling. I I agree. Now it's the Dallas Cowboys, so they always have expectations. But the reality is, they have a new head coach. No, no, Joel, you're right about that. I mean, your points are very valid. Sis. like no preseason, no OTAs, no nothing. Like all quarantine or whatever their situation was. So we got to we got to be a, we got to be realistic about certain things that happen too and what's going on. And I'm glad you brought up that point. Um, so, and I will be in a panic for real for Dallas. Like if they, this was the team that they started the season out with and just like the Atlanta Falcons, like if this was your roster coming into this, this season and y'all was out there blowing leads and getting beat, then I'd be like, yo, the Cowboys suck and the Falcons. Like I, I keep wanting, <laughs> I keep wanting, but you know, I, I think as of right now, we got to look at all the moving parts and it's, it's, man, it's, it's, it's a tough league. It's a tough league. 
So out of all the the top level quarterbacks, who is playing or who is impressing you the most? Because for me, uh, I wasn't sure how Green Bay was going to look. And I loved Green Bay last year. Yeah. Um, and all everyone could tell me was how terrible they were. I'm like, well, they're in the NFC right. Championship game, so they're not that bad. Right. But I just felt like the Jordan Love move, I didn't love their draft. It kind of felt like him and LaFleur were not on the same page. And I was totally wrong. So to me, yeah. he it's, a, it's tough because I feel like Russell Wilson is in MVP mode right now. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Working with less than Aaron has to me. But Aaron's just yeah. been unbelievable. But who's been most impressive to you? I mean, I got to agree with you. Aaron Rodgers in year two of the offense. And, and, and I let you, you know, that's a valid point. So I let you live with that one. Because I like Aaron, but I say just to talk differences in different quarter. I say I say Russell Wilson has su- really surprised me because I mean j- just his control of the offense right now. Something different is going on in Seattle, I think, and I think Russell got more leeway and he got more input because for years the offense kind of looked the same uh, to me. Um, there was a lot of zone read stuff and, and and then a lot of things stemming off of that in, in, as far as the passing game. But now it's like it's kind of like wide open. And it's because they got more weapons and DJ and Lockett and other guys stepping up in the running game is going. So it's like you're getting a little bit of everything. And it's like he's really coming into his prime right now. Like I know he's won the Super Bowl and multiple playoff appearances, but it's like he's really coming to his prime um, and, and, and setting a new standard, um, even at the quarterback position and the way he's playing. So, I mean, he made some plays against the Dolphins last week. Like He had a check down for a touchdown. That's the back checking out the backfield. And he looked left and came back and just fired one in the end zone. And, and that's just being in the zone. So Russell has been really impressive. And, but Aaron Rodgers, is that offense is clicking too. I always felt like uh, you were a little ahead of your time. Now, I, you were obviously appreciated <laughs> in your time yeah. for sure. But like today would be like a whole different space because yeah. you like you were the original like version of of what everyone's trying to do and what they're everyone's looking for now yeah yeah is that how you feel no yeah i appreciate it a lot yeah no doubt because um like i watched lamar jackson's run this week against the washington football team and i'm like yo like that was me and you know years and and i instantly put myself in his shoes like if i was if that was me i would have probably did the same thing one of my friends is like the only difference in between you and lamar's he was like, he's a little quicker than you, or a little more explosive, but you know, he he got a different stride when he run. Other than that, that's you all over again. And I'm just like, man, like you said, it was it's kind of ahead of my time. But I, we needed that. We needed that at that time, you know, for me to go out and do whatever I was able to do, and 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 for the game to evolve and be what it is to this day. And now we got a guy like Lamar Jackson, and I never thought I would see another guy who like looked like myself on the field and, and then Lamont has certainly blessed the league with his presence. So, I mean, just unbelievable stuff. And I'm glad the game is continuing to, to trend in, in, in the right direction and everybody's doing it now. I also feel like, um, and everything evolves, you know, but they're really, fans are really in the media, you know, are really embracing these young quarterbacks yeah. with, with some swag and some culture, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're <laughs> and looking different. They're it's looking different. different. And it's um it's nice to finally see that it's the quarterback position doesn't have to be not that, you know, 
people were squares before, but like you can you can be a triangle, Certainly. you could be a circle, yeah. you know, you could be a, a octagon and still yeah. play that position at a high level, and you don't have to fit into this criteria of what a franchise quarterback is supposed to look like or talk like or dress yeah. like or yeah. you know be uh, you know I, I think that's that's a credit to like the coaches general managers the owners the head coaches like let letting the quarterback be himself like we not you know you see Lamar like even just having fun like even having fun with John Harbaugh chains on and they putting the shades on and just having a good time. It's like as long as you do your job, you know you can be yourself, and and that that the, those personalities come out. You know it's contagious throughout the locker room. Guys feed off of that. You know it, it makes your teammates want to go the extra mile for you because, you know, even as coaches, you know you just allow guys to be themselves and let their personality show, and and I, and I think that's that's special. So it, it's a great deal of entertainment now. You know, especially with my man Cam coming back and and, and looking as good as, you know, um, you know, we've got to pray for him that he come, you know, come out of the quarantine accordingly, and and that'll happen. But there's just so much entertainment across the league, and the league is very blessed right now with the talent that we have. Yeah, Cam, I'm a huge Cam fan, and uh, he really he showed his value not being there last night. Yeah, he did for sure. He, he might have earned his money last night. The ball game would have been different. Um, Cause Cam on a mission, like he, he's not playing. Like we all question, like what this would look like. And man, for the first quarter of the season, it looked good. I can't wait to see what the second quarter holds. Do you think that? Because I always like to look at it from a more macro perspective. Like what's what's led up to this? You know, this 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 kind of new wave. And I really feel like social media has kind of played a role in that 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 personality being embraced. Like for years I've been yeah. saying the, the NFL needs to embrace what the some of what the NBA does as far as elevating your stars. And not yeah. just quarterbacks, like elevate your stars. You guys wear face masks. Like right. anytime that you can put out celebrations, like don't, what are you doing penalizing yeah. celebrations? Like yeah. Yeah. that's that was, fun. That was crazy for a couple of years. Yeah, like, and you're not allowed yeah. to put post replays on social media. like. Embrace the fun. This right. is what we're watching right. for. Like you said, it's entertainment. It's the best yeah. television show there is. So yeah. I do feel like social media and some influence, like an explosion of uh, NBA stars has kind of bled over into the NFL. And I, I think it's a great thing. But I also think yeah. that that's a big part of why there's so much like more diversity at the quarterback position as well. It's true social change. And, and, and you know, definitely the crossover, you know, taking effect. Um, and, and it's because we, we have social media and I wasn't a big fan of social media years ago, but I like the way the, the next, the younger generation is using it as a, as a platform, um, to, to entertain and to socialize. And it, yeah, sometimes it, it could be negative and it, it, it might not be as, you know, vibrant as it, as it should be, but, you know, most of the time I think people are using it correctly and it's a, it's a platform and the NFL and entire world, you know, all, you know, corporate has, has taken and gravitated to it and allowed it to be what it is. So, you know, I mean, you know, we all got social media accounts. We all use them the right way to our benefit, you know what I'm saying? And, and that, and that, and it's a cool thing. So yes, that crossover has, has really been, um, you know, it's, it's really been evident, you know, as far as our growth. 
Well, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. Really appreciate it. We'd love to have you on again uh, later in the Bring season. Bring me back. Bring me back. For sure. And hopefully at that point, you know, the Falcons have gotten a win. Yeah, uh, at least two or three wins. <laughs> and, and my Eagles would be still at the top of the NFC East. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but oh, thank God. you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me. With it. With it. What up, Peller from the pod room? I'm back in here. I got more work to do. The, the mic still uh, tips over. The chair still squeaks. I don't know if you're picking that up, but it does. Uh, we are. Yeah. I, you know, you would think all this downtime, somebody could just like hit hit a couple things in there with some WD-40, but no go. Got to hit the world with some WD-40 first. <laughs> for real. We, I feel like we just need to unplug Earth. Like, you yeah, know what I'm saying? For like a couple seconds. 30 seconds, count to 30, plug it back in. That'd be, Let it that'd chill. be very helpful. It's been a week. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's sound been like, a week. Sound like me giving my mom advice on how to fix her uh, internet right now. Yeah. Just just, just, just throw the whole internet out. Um, except for the podcast. But what, what am I winning or quitting today? Yeah, let's go. Let's find it. Um, all right, so uh, speaking of a wild week, it's been a wild NFL season so far. Uh, case in point, this comparison I'm about to make between rookie Joe Burrow and Houston Texans' established star quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Burrow and the Bengals have more, are you ready for this, wins, ties, permanent head coaches, and GMs than Deshaun Watson and the Texans do. Uh, they also have the same amount of touchdowns, and Burrow has one less interception, but this isn't about your boy Joe Burrow. Joy. Bill O'Brien was holding Deshaun Watson back. Win it or quit it. You know, mm-hmm. normally, normally I would say, uh, no, I'm going to have to say what it. I'm going to have to say what it. But here's the <laughs> thing about Bill O'Brien, right? And this is the thing about the Texans okay. as well. Yeah. Like, they're very consistent. They're tricky. They're kind of like the Titans. They just always have a decent season, and you're kind of like, hmm, how'd they do that? They're not really great. They're right. not really good, in fact. But, you know, they just right. continue to have winning seasons. Most of uh, Bill O'Brien's career, he's been winning. The issue is really with Bill O'Brien came down to power. And, you know, I'm not going to uh, go all gender on everybody. But, you know, yeah. men have a tendency to get drunk with power. And- we do not. <laughs> y'all got this ego thing going on and um you know it, it's i'm not even really making a man woman thing i just think it's i think it's a leadership thing like yeah i get it when you're in a competitive environment or a competitive extremely competitive business which the nfl obviously is our business is a co- extremely competitive. competitive when you get the opportunity to leverage yourself into more power most of the time you're going to take that because you've had bad experiences with mm-hmm. other bosses. You've had, a, in his case, maybe bad experiences with other GMs where you guys didn't align. You felt like you wanted to make a decision. Yep. He wanted to make this yep. decision. We ended up going with his decision. It didn't work out. So now when I get the opportunity to be able to make those calls, I'm going to make them. But here's the problem. When you are a head coach, you are a very busy person and you have <laughs> a lot of stuff that you're responsible for. And you have a lot of things that come to your desk. Yeah. And mm-hmm. being a GM is a whole nother job. It's a whole other profession. Also very busy. Very busy. So you're doubly busy. And it, it, it doesn't work most of the time. I mean, it's like, if you look at organizations where you don't have a GM, like the Patriots, right? Yep. 
That's probably where he got this idea, right? He probably right. got this idea from Bill. Which, which makes sense, except for here's the problem. Bill Belichick is A, a genius. <laughs> yeah. And B, had Tom Brady. So not, and listen, I love Deshaun Watson, but Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play that position in the history of time. Might I also say that the Patriots don't necessarily draft the best of any team. They don't. So they're, hence, they're, hence the genius of Bill Belichick because he, he yep, manages to yep. bring people in and, and get rid of other people and make trades and put together these, these championship teams, which is, which is right. a credit to his genius, not necessarily to the decision to be the GM. Okay? And it's right. worked out for him and only him. So like I, I don't I don't like the idea that like my proximity to genius has mm. therefore made me into a no. genius that can do no. the same things. And I'm not saying that Bill O'Brien is unintelligent. I'm just saying know your limitations and know when to allocate responsibilities. And that to me yeah. is the sign of not only a good leader, but somebody who really wants to be successful. Like if you have, th th this was the problem I had with um, Roger Goodell in the NFL when it came to the the punishments. And, and, and like, we haven't had a big incident with that recently, but if you have all the power, then you get all the criticism. Yeah. And like, yes, it's great to have all that power. And maybe you should have final say, but at the end of the day, you should defer to someone who does this for a living, right? So like in the NFL's example, like yeah. why would you not put together a panel of professionals, diverse panel that maybe cycles out every couple of years? I don't know, maybe the players vote on who should be on this panel, you know, kind yeah. of like democracy used to be and put <laughs> together a, a group of people that makes those decisions or at least makes the ruling and their recommendation you consider yeah. and 99.9% right. of the time you take what they say because it makes sense right but you're the figurehead yeah for sure that works you're the top but like you consult with people a board of directors if you will like there's so many examples right. in business in life where that mm -hmm. is a successful structure right so so why would you want all that power because that is exactly what can happen to you when you go zero and four with deshaun watson after you just got rid of deandre hopkins and your defense hasn't had a turnover all year and and the teams that are balling in the league are balling. Like you're not even on the same stratosphere as the Green Bay Packers, as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as the Seattle Seahawks, like the Ravens, the Chiefs, not even the Steelers. Like you are, you're just terrible. And <laughs> you have a quarterback. So like you can't blame it on not having a franchise quarterback. There's no one on earth who's like, yeah, we're not sure about the Sean Watson. No. Everyone knows that Sean Watson is great. So it's really, really super extra falling on you. Because if you didn't have a quarterback, then maybe you could make the argument, okay, like we're having a down year, this or that. No. Right. You have no cap space. The Dolphins have your first and second round pick of last of next year. Right? Laramie so Tunsil or something? Jesus. This isn't even a good job. And Laramie Tunsil is good. I'm just saying, like, you can't even rebuild. Well, I know. Like, you I don't have, shot at him. I'm just saying, like. You don't have your first or second round picks. Right. So... It, it, it's a disaster of a situation, and like I, I think that he'll get another job, and he should. But just this is an example of leadership, and I don't, I'm not. I told Michael Vick this earlier. I don't know if I'm judging or not, but like we all make mistakes, and I, I just hope I don't think he'll get an opportunity to be another a GM again. But I, I just, I really believe in structure. Like I, I'm an old school person in my bones. 
in that I really okay. believe in like structure and culture and being great at what you do and not trying to just like be in charge of everything. I'm the boss, me, me, me. <laughs> it's not It's not an attractive quality to me in a person to like, you have to prove that you're the best at everything. You're not the best at everything. No. If, if, if in life you're great at, at, at if you're if in life you're good at one thing, that's a blessing. Very few people are great at anything, let alone two things. So uh, to me, this was, a, this was an inevitable outcome. And I hope that things turn around for the Texans for Deshaun right. Watson's sake. I don't know how that's going to happen because there's a lot of overhaul that has to go on with this team. And yep. it's not really actually a good job now because they don't have draft picks and they're up against the cap. And it sucks because I love Deshaun Watson and I'd love to see him have great success in this league. I don't think that Bill O'Brien is a disaster. I Again, I just think it comes down to – yeah. You can't do everything, and the sign of a, a really good leader and a smart businessman is somebody who knows I'm not great at this. Let me just hire someone who is aligned with what I believe, who's great at this, and maybe I'm sacrificing a little bit yep. of power, just, just like a, just a little bit, just like that. Yep. And right. then you can have success. There's enough, there's enough allocates to go around, and right. uh, it's it's I think it's a lesson. Yep. This is gonna this is gonna sound like a huge insult, but I I really don't mean it that way. Bill O'Brien might just be a coordinator. He might just be a good NFL college coordinator. That's th that's still better than most of us. Like I'm realistically uh, a co-host producer slash type of you know producer slash uh, read one segment and have a couple comments. That's fine. I'm fine with that. There's nothing to be embarrassed by that, and there's nothing to be embarrassed by him being. Uh, a coach. The one thing that I wish that I could have seen is I wish we had a camera on DeAndre Hopkins' face oh. when, I don't, when he found the news and found out the news to see his facial reaction and then just mic'd up for like 15 seconds um, what he who he turned to and what he said because I feel like that would really be that would be a, a catharsis that a lot of us could use in this time uh, in the country. I don't know what his laugh sounds like. But I can hear it in my head. Like, I can hear whatever version I imagine of yep. his laugh sounding like in my head. You're absolutely right. That's like, that, that's a, every once in a while in life, you get to like enjoy that kind of warm satisfaction of like, oh yep. my God, I was so right. Like, mm -hmm. so unbelievably right. Like, you get the tingles mm -hmm. and. Oh, oh. And and if you like truly had animosity against that person, which I don't know if they mm, did or if he was better. just like, you know, I'm in yeah. a better situation now, then it's like it's like double yeah. the yeah. the satisfaction. Like there's few things in life that like can reach that level of satisfaction. So right. yes, I agree. That would have been that would have been right. some key and, footage right there. And ro rooting against people, I find to be very petty. But when something just happens and it hits you how are you not supposed to just tingle it up and enjoy it man that's i mean beautiful. you should you should enjoy it there's beautiful. few things in that's life beautiful. that you can enjoy with, with that <laughs> with that kind of like pure <sighs> unadulterated just rightness uh yeah you should absolutely uh revel in it now again like you don't have to wish bad on bill o'brien no 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 um, not at all and i'm he sure could, he loves he the Sean Watson, his firing, though. but you can you know enjoy being right uh and he is right like what what yeah. he he's great that was a mistake <laughs> for sure right, right right they had a, the cardinals had a tough loss this week but i bet you he feels like a winner anyway yeah. um should we move on yes 
Uh, as President George W. Bush once said, uh, you fool me once, uh, shame on, shame on you. Uh, you fool me, we can't get fooled again. Uh, that eloquently sums up my feelings about Baker Mayfield. No Browns regular season win, especially against the tinfoil star that is the Cowboys defense, can win me back to Team Baker at this point, Joy. Especially when Cleveland found the most success running the ball that game. Joy, the Browns are not back. Would it or quit it? Back to what? They had to be there to get back. So I would where say, are, where are the so I, I would say quit it, but because they never been there. Uh, well, at least they haven't been three and one since like 2000 or something, 2001 maybe. I don't remember. A long time ago. Uh, so I was still in high are you, school. Are you back on Baker though? Is that what? Yeah, I mean, I was never really off Baker, but okay. I was just off the Browns trying to tell me how good they are. And I, I think I actually was really impressed with the Browns. Now, I know everyone's talking about, you know, tinfoil star, like the Cowboys aren't that good. And they're not. The Cowboys are not that good. Their defense is atrocious. Um, but you, you beat who's on your schedule. And, like, yeah, I don't think you should go crazy. Like, if you beat a bunch of crap teams, like the Steelers, mm-hmm. like teams they played are combined 0-9 or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But you beat who you have to play. So they should feel good about themselves right now. And I like that performance against the Cowboys. They were very creative. The, the run game is great. Now Nick Chubb is, is, is out, but, like, got Kareem Hunt. And... I, I think the Browns are trending in the right direction. And I actually think maybe they might be building a culture there and like actually putting together some kind of system that works for the personnel that they have. Now, look, I'm not going to lose my mind. All right. I still want to see plenty more of whatever this, this is. <laughs> I, I, I'm not you buying into it. You fooled me, ain't going to get fooled again, Joy. Listen, you fooled me? I, 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 I as right. an individual, I as an individual will touch the hot stove many, many times. That that is how I that, that's how I am designed. I I've never been able to get away from it. My heart, I try. I never learned my lessons. Ow. It's very hot. I've got I've got all the scars to prove it. But I do like what the Browns are doing. I like that they're consciously getting Odell involved as opposed to forcing it to Odell. Like you're game planning to get Odell going early. Mm-hmm. I like that they aren't barking in my face about how great they are. Um, and they're winning. Mm-hmm. Like, so I can't be mad at that. I, I, this is what the Browns always should have been. Run the ball, let Baker get it to his star receivers. He doesn't need to throw it 50 times a game. That's not what he does. And beat the teams on your schedule and don't tell me about it every time that you do. And, and it, it, look, that's what the Browns are at this point, right? You have, you have zero credibility with anyone in this league. All you've been telling everyone about is how great you are going to be every single year and every year you're trash. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Stefanski deserves a lot of credit. Thank Whatever you. he did in the offseason is, is at, the, at least up until this point, clearly yielding some fruit. Like, he has, he has clearly established, like, we're not going to run our mouths, okay. and we're, okay. we're just going to go out there and play, and we're going we're gonna to game plan, and we're going to lean into our strengths. We're going to stop forcing things that aren't, aren't supposed to work. I'm not saying mm-hmm. Baker is Joe Montana. I'm just saying I How like what the Browns air. are doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like no. what the Browns are doing. Oh, look, I listen. It sounds to me like you're trying to tell me that because Kevin Stefanski isn't as bad of a head coach as uh, I'm not going to say Hugh Jackson's a bad coach, not in as bad of a situation as Hugh Jackson or as bad of a head coach as Freddie Kitchens, that the Browns are going to be good. I don't. I'm not. I didn't say I'm the not, Browns are going to be good. I, 
I just say I like what the Browns are doing. That is as far as I will go with the Browns. The Browns fans should feel good about themselves today. I don't care that they beat the Cowboys. You beat the teams that are on your schedule. And yep. and for as for as as much as people are trying to discredit that win against the Cowboys, they're as mad at the Cowboys for being bad. So like they beat the Cowboys. No, they listen. They they beat the Cowboys who are lost at this precise moment. They're still third in the AFC North. Uh. I I think I know what you're doing. I think I know what you're doing. I think what you're doing is you're looking at 2020 as a whole and going, this is a Browns year. And I get that because based on how everything in 2020 has gone, down is up, up is down. Uh, it's opposite day every day. And so, yeah, sure. The Browns, yeah, they're on the right track, whatever, I guess. I would be so <laughs> annoyed if the Browns like did something crazy this year. They're not going to, just to be clear, but like, Wow, would that be annoying? But well, like, you know, 2020 is trash. What a <laughs> trash year. I was really well, thinking, I was really thinking, I think it was this morning I was thinking, I'm like, ah. you know, my whole life, I've had this weird obsession with the Great Depression. I don't know why. But like, I would see pictures or like watch movies about the Great Depression. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that just seems so awful. Like, so bad <laughs> and like yep. i've always had this anxiety about like yep what what would that what would life be like if we just all and that kids is it this is the like we're yep. here and then i'm living i'm like how does this happen like is, did i manifest this like this is what it's crazy it's crazy I, and to be clear like i i am very blessed right i have right. my job but, i have like my career is good. like we're yeah. all, i'm good like i have no complaints whatsoever other than the normal shit that everyone else is dealing with but like right. That still like hard. I can still it's still hard, but I I, yep. I can also take on the fact that I'm an empath and like empathizing with the people who are actually really struggling during this time, Super. and it is just so crazy. Yep. If you I leave your house at me. all, you see people, particularly in Los Angeles, you see people doing way worse, and that's and that's super hard to stomach. There is one slight positive though, not even a slight positive, a full positive. You got something going on on this Thursday, don't you? Oh yes, yes. Um. So yeah, I haven't talked I'm about real it. good. Stop. Uh, so this Thursday, myself, Daniel Jeremiah, and Bucky Brooks will be Two on the, the smartest Thursday talent night. In the game. Yes, yeah. they're great. Uh, the Thursday night football broadcast for Amazon Prime Prime Video is carrying Thursday night football for the next eleven weeks, and yep. we will be on the Scouts feed, so you can watch mm. you can watch the game and hear myself, Bucky, and Daniel Jeremiah on Prime Video. And you can Hell. watch us on Twitch as well. And we will be taking questions during the broadcast on Twitch also. So you could actually be a part uh, of the broadcast. So do a, do a little double stream experience or does Twitch have the, the no, game Twitch, on? No, Twitch will have the game. So you can watch the game on Twitch. Oh, it sounds it's like a, I'm going to have a, to figure out how Twitch works. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's very easy. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can watch the game on Twitch and see us. Or you can Tight. just watch the game on Prime Video and hear us. But um, yeah, so very exciting and yeah. um, some some yeah. good news. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Excited. And crazy thing, tune in, twitch it up, figure out how that works, and do that yes, thing. Yes, twitch it up. I will I will tweet everything out, obviously, and post Please everything do, yeah. to make it easy for everyone to find. But yeah, so you can watch us on Prime Video starting this week on Thursday Night Football, yeah. which is a good, which is a really good game actually. Three and one, yeah. uh, Bears against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Yep, and that's a nice silver lining for the Browns year that is 2020. <laughs> exactly. What's up, Donnie? 
what's going on at High Key Low Key? What is up? Okay, High Key Pro Football in Texas is in rough shape. Comparing the two teams, the Cowboys have a head coach, a GM, and a win. Things that the Texans can't say. Low key, that win was a gift from the Falcons. And the Browns, they came into Dallas and took a hot dump on the midfield star. Like the kind where you can like feel the heat through the plastic bag. Joy, how bad is this Cowboys team? Um, they're low key not that bad. I just don't believe that. Here's the thing. I talked about this with Mike Vick earlier. There's a couple factors with the with the Cowboys. One, okay. they have a new head coach. They're in that group of teams like the Giants, like the Bengals, like um, who else? I mean, the the Bucks, the yeah. Patriots that have either a new head coach or a new quarterback. And those teams, we talked about a lot during the, during the preseason, we need to be a little more forgiving with the development of those teams, right? Because they are up against it in this 2020 with a shortened offseason, no OTAs, no preseason. And I don't love preseason, but for, like, you can't deny that they, are up, they, they not have the same advantages that teams that are returning the same quarterback coordinator and head coach that other teams aren't. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, so the expectations are what they are. We're all watching Dak Prescott because he is betting on himself, uh, you know, not signing that long-term deal, playing on the franchise tag. And they have a lot of weapons and pieces. And it's Jerry Jones and it's Dallas. And it's like, so nobody's like paying attention to that. Their defense is atrocious, but they got Mike Nolan. And defenses can't really practice without games. <laughs> like, there's only so many walkthroughs and schemes that you can have. There, there were like more points scored in, in these game in the beginning of the season than like since you for years, for a very long time. Right on the sat in front of me, but like, just trust me. The, the offenses have been exploding because they've been able to work with each other during this COVID period, and defenses haven't. So I'm not making excuses for the Cowboys. I'm just saying sometimes there's excuses and sometimes there's reasons. Now, that patience is going to be gone over the next three games if they don't get it together because they are playing uh, the Giants this week and then the Cardinals, and they're both at home, and then they have Washington, and then they have the Eagles, right? So those next four games are going to be crucial for if the Cowboys are a complete disaster or if they just had a slow start and they need some time to get it together and get it going. Now, that said, they should be 0-4, all right? Now, again, I don't believe in, like, kind of winning or moral victories and all that stuff, but, like, there are some things you need to look at, right? That Atlanta disaster should not be a good thing for the Cowboys. They should be 0-4, and they're 1-3. So it's, like, it's not like they're in in a huge, that much better of a position. Like, they got a win. Okay, great. All Atlanta had to do was fall on that ball, and you guys are 0-4. So, like, say what you want about coming back, climbing back in the game, any other team that doesn't happen against, and the Browns just proved that. So I don't feel good about the Cowboys at all, but I do think I I need a little more time to see how much of a disaster it truly is and if it's just a slow start because of the circumstances around the team. Uh, One thing, it is – crazy or it's not it's not crazy it's just it's 
it's the Cowboys because of the Cowboys that uh, people are hopping back onto the the Browns train. And I blame I blame the Cowboys for for starting that that back up because at, at some point the people who are hopping on that train they're going to be let down and blame the Cowboys first blame yourself for hopping on the train but then blame the Cowboys. You know I I just talked about this with Heller. I'm not on the Browns hype train, but I do think like you beat the people that are on your schedule, right? Now I know that kind of sounds contradictory when I'm talking about you know them losing or beating Atlanta, but yeah. you know that's a that's a nice win for the for the Browns. Like Browns are playing consistent football. I I don't I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. All I'm saying is, is I like what the Browns are doing. Yeah, it's a step in the right in the right direction. In the right the direction. Fancy, yeah. The fans keep it good. Yeah. All right, high key, Jimmy Butler made history with his 40-point triple-double as the Heat punched back against the Lakers. There was trash talk, lip snarls, and LeBron left the game early. Low key, the Heat are the bad guys, and the NBA is at its best when it's got bad guys. The Heat kind of are the bad guys. Uh, Yes, the NBA does need villains. You know how I feel about villains. I love them. I think they make all stories better. Now, I wish we had Bam and Goron so we could really flex a little bit. But, yep. you know, I, look, I'm a realistic person. I'm comfortable. Obviously, I want the Heat to win. Obviously, I hope it goes six or seven. But I'm actually comfortable with a gentleman's sweep. Like, we got a game. We got the game we were supposed to get, which is game three. It's usually a lull game. If we were in real life right now, the Lakers would have just traveled to Miami to, to play game three in Miami, that's the game you're supposed right. to lose in a regular series, even if it is a mismatch. So I, I, I'm completely comfortable with the situation as it is now. You don't have Bam Adebayo. You don't have Goron. They're a much bigger team. They're the Los Angeles Lakers with AD and LeBron. They should be winning this series, okay? It's not like you're, like, shameful. But, yeah, like, can, can the Heat enjoy this win? Can, can, I, can I just enjoy being on top for a second? I mean, that's not on top. We're still down one game. But, like, can I enjoy the win, please? Like, it was hard yes. fought. Jimmy Butler looked amazing, put up an all-time NBA Finals performance, yes. dragged that team back. to a victory. I don't know what Tyler Hero is doing with that snarl, but I'm here for it anyway. I don't care. Yes. Yeah. I think trying. he, he you know, is – He's Yeah. <laughs> He's, well, you know, if he had had the performance like that in the first two games, that would also help. I think he <laughs> is, he is unapologetic and I love that about him, but I just talked to uh, Complex's podcast, Load Management, about Tyler Hero. And, you know, my thoughts on Tyler Hero are this, he's in the perfect situation for his personality. And that's why the Heat took him, because the Heat know what fits the heat culture it's why jimmy butler is doing so well there it's why what you mentioned they're villains that's what that's what the heat culture provides that what pat riley thrives being hated it's fine yeah Yeah. like me it's about excellence it's about sustained performances year after year and being in the conversation and retooling and okay lebron leaves we're still going to figure it out we're back in the finals i can guarantee you the cleveland cavaliers are not going to be back in the finals However many years LeBron's been out of there, uh, mark that the same for the Heat. Whatever it's been, when did he leave? 2014. So it's yeah. been six years, and they're back in the NBA Finals. He left Cleveland two years ago. So you got four so years math. to make it. Yeah, it's a lot of math. You got four years to get back to the NBA Finals, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think we're going to be seeing that. So uh, you're, on you're on the clock. 
Um, yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's great. Um, I love I love this Heat team and the the direction that they're trending in. And I think if if Tyler Kendrick Nunn and Bam keep developing in the direction that they are, they're going to be a problem yeah. in the East again next year. So uh, which which is going to look very different. I think Doc Rivers with the Sixers is a really big strong move for the 76ers. And again, oh, yeah. I can't say it enough that Kevin Durant is coming back to play basketball very soon. And I don't know why everyone keeps forgetting it, but they'll like keep talking Please. about this Achilles. Like it's not 2020 and they can't fix an Achilles. Like he's, he gonna be all right. He'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Heike, the world was in shock when news broke that the leader of the Patriots was diagnosed with COVID this past week. Notice, take note, I said leader. So clearly I'm talking about Cam and not our most trustworthy president who, by the way, is feeling much better than he has in years. Yeah. Loki, with two games rescheduled, the Titans facility shutting down, and fines for masklessness, the NFL has handled its first COVID crisis about as well as it could. Oh, totally. Uh, and I, I saw, I've seen all, like the panic articles about shut the season down, and they, you know, he should have never played the Patriots-Chiefs game. And listen, I am in no way making light of COVID whatsoever we are in a pandemic i wear a mask everywhere i go when i'm around people i uh, wash my hands all the time like i this is this is how i live my life okay i have no interest in getting sick or getting anyone else sick and i take it absolutely seriously as everyone should that said we are moving forward with life so yes there are going to be positive cases it's the same thing as when there was an outbreak with baseball and everyone was like cancel the season like they're not in a bubble. Of course. Yeah. Of course there are going to be positive cases. Like, of course there are. Did you not anticipate this? Like, I kind of can't take you seriously if you thought this wasn't going to happen. Like, how could it not happen? You've got the president of the United States running around without a mask on four days after uh, being diagnosed with getting a positive <laughs> test. Like, what would... What, what, well, you think people are like out here being safe? Like, no, okay, there's still, this is still a thing, very clearly. Yeah. So obviously there are gonna be positive cases. The NFL and all the leagues for that matter have handled COVID remarkably far and away better than any government agency has handled it. And so like, it, 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 it's, it's how it was going to go. There were going to be positive cases. Now, obviously Cam Newton, is the biggest name and it had a tremendous effect on the game obviously because had he been out there that would have gone differently and he's really proved his value through that um right. which you know i'm sure he wanted to be out there and like i'm hoping there's no side effects and he's fine and you know that he's he's back in, in a in a week and negative and can get back out there but yeah all this panic and stuff like it really helps no one it doesn't make any sense on top of that and like in, in in 2020 like i just need you to make things that say things that make sense to me just don't say things that don't make sense i don't have enough time in the day to dissect everything that's happening while you're also saying things that don't make sense they're not in a bubble there were going to be positive cases that's why they test every single day the purpose of the testing is for exactly what happens so that they can isolate the players who tested positive make adjustments throughout the season just like what happened with the titans players in the steelers game like they're doing what they need to do to keep things safe. The world is open. Hello. <laughs> like the whole world is open. Everything is open. All right. Like there's not, there's no gyms open. And there's still like no salons open or something in California, but everywhere else, everything is open. Okay. So th you have to find a way to manage these things, which they are absolutely doing. And wear a mask. 
just wear a mask, okay? Just, just wear a mask, wash your hands. Just stop saying that, like, you're immune to COVID. How are you immune to something that you were just in the hospital for? Yeah, you still have the thing. Like, you can't be immune to it if you are still currently it, suffering it, from it. If you tested positive, okay, and didn't have any symptoms, you're still not immune to it because you tested positive. But how do you test positive for something? Ha go to the hospital and then say you're immune to something. How? This is 2020. I can't. I can't. I can't with 2020. <laughs> I'm like, you know, what did I see? Uh, you posted this meme the other day. It was really funny. It was like, I feel like we're like in the fourth quarter of, we're in the fourth quarter now of 2020. I hope we're playing the Falcons. Ooh, yeah. It, it, it feels like that. It's set up to be that way. I can feel that <laughs> happening. So. Please. I know yeah. we don't Moment. deserve it. We don't deserve it, but please. <laughs> we please. please. <laughs> we don't deserve it. <laughs>
what a tragedy. Um, yes. So Saturday Night Live having, uh, having everyone back is awesome. I love Meg's statement as well. And she's just killing the game. Like she's everywhere and I'm here for it. You know, this is a, this is a Meg Thee Stallion stand podcast. So if you don't like it, goodbye. But uh, we're, we're a Meg Thee Stallion stand podcast and uh, Yara, <laughs> Yara Shahidi <laughs> uh, stand podcast um, and obviously Beyonce. But yeah, I, that, that debate was like, I, I mean, I felt like I was watching an SNL skit, watching that debate. Yeah, same. I did too. It was, I, I kept saying, I kept texting my friends in the chat, like, can we mute Trump's mic? He will not let Biden talk. I don't it even want to say it because I don't like want to give anybody ideas, you know, if they are listening to this podcast, but I'm, I'm pretty sure no one who supports Trump listens to this podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, if you do, we are accepting, um, you know, you're welcome to jump off the bandwagon. That was a good time uh, as any, but the, the strategy was stupid. Like the whole thing is that Biden can't talk and you won't shut up. So you can't even give Biden the opportunity to make mistakes because you keep talking <laughs> and you're not even talking you're just battling like no one can understand what you're saying and then Biden's talking so like as a as a broadcaster one of the most annoying things that you can like it makes my skin crawl is when people talk over each other like if it's an accident okay but if you are like consistently speaking over each other I want you to understand no one can understand what you are saying Either one of you, it's a, it, it, it's noise. It's just noise. Like we can't hear you. We can't understand you, dog. Shut up. Like <laughs> wait until he's done talking and then you can talk. And then when you're done talking, he can talk. That's what a debate is. That's what a conversation is. That's what television is. You should know you're a reality TV star, right? This is actually the only thing you're good at. So just stop talking. And it was, it was I just felt like it was two hours of pure anxiety when it was over i was like man if i lived in another country i would really be concerned about <laughs> lived here like what are y'all doing this is crazy it was crazy yeah it was it was it was pretty bad like you said it, it felt like an snl skit because i just couldn't believe what i was hearing and i thought that nothing like nothing was articulated as to what they were going to do to like like for the people you're supposed to be talking us letting us know what you're going to be doing in office and they, I mean, they both failed. And Biden, I know he was trying to get his points across, but with Trump, it was so difficult. I mean, even the moderate kept saying, Mr. President, like, stop talking. It was a tragedy. He didn't even have control. Yeah, he didn't even have control over it. And, and, it, and it, that tragedy has just rolled over into this week because whatever is going on, it's just, it, it's, it's a <sighs> show. <sighs> Look, I got anxiety and I'm stressed out talking about it. <laughs> <sighs> what else is going on? Um, Okay, so on a lighter note, um, the trailer dropped for Borat 2, and I thoroughly enjoyed the first one. Sasha Baron Cohen is funny as hell to me. Like, his intelligence and wit is incredible. So the movie will be released on Prime Video on October 23rd, and this coming out right before the election, and with him being a comedian, <laughs> I'm expecting a lot of political references, as most people are. Girl, I feel like no one is safe. So if you're looking for a politically correct movie, this ain't for you. Um, I know those that saw the person like myself is pretty excited to watch. I do like him as a person. So I'm going to be watching just for pure entertainment. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this. It wasn't <laughs> even like, it's the movie I didn't know I needed right now. And you're absolutely right. Like no one is safe. It's not going to be politically correct. And if you go back and watch the first one um, and the other one, what was the other one he did? 
that was wild. Um, what was the other one he did? I don't know, but all his movies are crazy. And, but they're funny. He's funny as hell. And yes, I, I can't even imagine, like imagine the debauchery that is in this film, but it's, it's perfectly timed, as you mentioned, right before the election. And yeah, I'm definitely gonna be watching. Plus it's on Prime Video. Yes. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm definitely excited for it. I can't wait. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Make sure you check me, Bucky Brooks, and Daniel Jeremiah out on Thursday Night Football on Prime Video this week. You can also watch on Twitch. Very excited for that. You can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. That will be awesome. And follow us on our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Myself, at Joy Taylor Talks. Make sure you check out The Herd, noon to three weekdays on FS1 and Fox Sports Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.